The following podcast contains explicit language and movie spoilers. You've been warned. No, seriously, there's spoilers and, and foul language. Yeah. Welcome to $20 Ticket and welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Universe Phase 2 Recap where we'll uh, you know, go over the movies leading up into uh, Avengers Endgame coming out this year. For this episode, we're going to focus specifically on Phase 2. If you want to check out our uh, Phase 1 thoughts, go ahead and check out the Phase 1 Recap, our previous episode. Anyway, let's get it started. My name is Kerwin and joining me today is Jason. What's up, Jason? How much, Kerwin? How about you? I'm good, man. What are you drinking? Uh, it's a Michelob Ultra today. Cool. Mugga is here with us today. How you doing, Mugs? Yo, yo. What are you drinking today? Uh, Michelob Ultra. Nice. TJ is coming back and joining us. How are you, TJ? Hey, guys. What are you drinking today? Also an Ultra. Cool. Dominic's here with us. Dominic, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. What are you drinking? An Ultra. Justin's here with us. <laughs> Justin, how are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you? I'm great. What are you drinking? No surprises here. I make a little ultra. All right, let's see if we can go. Uh, what was it seven for seven? <laughs> Bling's here with us. Bling, how you doing? Hey, Kerwin, how's it going? I'm great. What are you drinking? I'm actually drinking a vanilla Ciroc with OJ. Weird. Get killing me. <laughs> get 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 this man. Get this man a Michelob Ultra. Get get him a Michelob Ultra. Man of beer. All right, so yeah, we're going to be talking about uh, Phase 2 today. Um, So let's kick things off with the first movie in Phase 2, which was Iron Man 3. So Iron Man 3 uh, was released May 3rd, 2013, and it's directed by Shane Black. It stars Robert Downey Jr., Gwyneth Paltrow, Don Cheadle, Guy Pearce, Rebecca Hall, Ben Kingsley, and Jon Favreau. It's got an 80% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. 80% of critics liked it, giving it an average score of 6.98 out of 10. 78% of the audience liked it, giving it an average score of 4 out of 5. The budget was $200 million. Uh, It made $174 million its opening weekend. Its total domestic gross was $408 million, and its worldwide gross was $1.2 billion. Thoughts on Iron Man 3? Trash. (laughs) Already. Straight straight to the point. Yeah. Agree. I agree. Um, I'm gonna take a different take. I did like the, the lead up with the trailers because we finally get to see the Mandarin. So you know, knowing the comics, the Mandarin is Iron Man's biggest nemesis in, in the comics. So you know, the lead up to it was kind of exciting. Um, I also knew they were gonna introduce the the Extremis arc line, and it really kind of you know after Avengers, I mean, how do you top Avengers? So leading into this film, you you see like takes a toll on Tony Stark. The theme in the movie was you know him dealing with his PTSD. So. Knowing the comics, and I'm not super familiar with any of the comics, I only know strictly from the movies, but I read that a lot of the comic fans were kind of disappointed by the villain in this movie. It didn't really live up to what the comics... It was sort of like a Batman and the Joker kind of uh, relationship that Iron Man and this villain had. And I don't know that I really got that from the film. I mean, this film has two villains. So, you know, you have Aldrich Killian, you know, the men of Extremis. And then you also have the Mandarin. And you, going into it, you've, you're trying to figure out, like, how are these two interconnected? There's been some kind of Easter eggs in previous films leading up to you know, mentioning, you know. Yeah, you like know, the Ten Rings terrorist organization correct, yeah. all that other stuff. Yeah. But then the big reveal you know, with the Mandarin, it's every fanboy out there was visibly upset when the reveal is like, the Mandarin isn't real. He's just a puppet for Aldrich Killian, so. Yeah, he's a front, so that way he could get away with, uh, what is it, the bodies exploding? Correct. Yeah, he created created a terrorist front, so that way when his experiments went wrong, he could just have this terrorist claim responsibility and his company would never face any backlash. 
Um, dude, yeah, you and I, we saw this at midnight. We saw it, and, and I remember, yeah, yeah I remember when the, the, the reveal came, You, I looked at you and you're just like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. you got up out of your seat, like, what the fuck? I was pissed, yeah. I was pissed at that movie, yeah. And I saw it a second time just to be sure I liked it or not, and I, I hated it more the second time. Um, when I reviewed all these movies about a year ago, I did come out of Iron Man 3 liking it a lot more, but I will definitely say, like, in the aftermath, because now we've gotten more movies, so, like, I'm a, I'm a little less harsh, but coming after Avengers, I expect my Marvel movies, they don't have to be, like, grand scale like Avengers, mm -hmm. but I expect something to happen that is worthwhile in the movie, and when you give us the Mandarin, I expect arch nemesis status type shit to happen, and in this movie, it, the worst part is, is, it's not that, like, he was using the Mandarin as a front, it's just that he was just this joke guy, Trevor Slattery, yeah. Like, I, I hated that he was just, like, this joke-ass character, British opioid-addicted motherfucker that has hookers in his bed all the time. Yeah, but the yeah. casting for Ben Kingsley, I thought it was a good casting. Oh, he, he's the best performance in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, it, it, it is a wasted villain oh, in yeah. the grand yeah. scheme of things, yes. Yeah, Definitely. totally. And the other thing, too, is, like, Iron Man's never in his suit ever yeah which is which i, think I when, hated his suit yes <laughs> when i think when you talk about ptsd i think that's a very logical step to take when you go to this movie because like you have a guy who claims to be the this genius and knows everything and he's a smart ass in avengers essentially and then like he's dealing with the aftermath of he doesn't know everything anymore aliens came out of the sky and you know, all this other shit. And I like the fact that he built like 40 plus armors in the interim to kind of cope with like all a coping that. mechanism, yeah. Yeah, and I, and I do like that. I love the, the end fight scene with all the suits and shit. But okay, one thing about that, my boy Rhodey can't get a suit. Like when he tried to borrow a suit, he wouldn't let him get a suit. Oh yeah. Come on, uh, uh, that's awful. That's trash. Yeah. But I don't know, that's just me. But yeah, I, I really didn't like that the Mandarin was, I, I don't care that he's a front. What I do care about is that A, he's this joke character and also, it's just like, Killian's beef with Tony Stark is what? Like, you were a nerd and he left you outside because you didn't get to right. talk about your business deal? Yeah. Like, that's it? Like it's, this, it's the same as the Jim Carrey in Batman, uh, Batman Forever. Yeah, yeah, it's the same thing. Yeah. Literally like, the same thing. You're supposed to understand, I'll make you understand. <laughs> he has the hair, the glasses, and everything. The, and I think the biggest F you in this, all of this too, like you're saying, a lot of things are set up to prime this movie out. We're introducing the Mandarin, his PTSD, him building suits, and then it's very disappointing that it ultimately is disappointing but I think to me the biggest FU is that when Killian declares himself to be the Mandarin when they're fighting at the end and he's like I am the Mandarin it's like no you're not yeah. <laughs> you got some dragon tattoos but that's about it yeah. like you could be in a Stieg Larsson novel it's just it's just stupid but I, I don't know man just um, I think there's a real big missed opportunity with the order of these films and we'll talk about it when we get to Winter Soldier but just like S.H.I.E.L.D. not being there and also like they spend a lot of time with this kid, and yeah. why is yeah. he not in any other future movies? Like, I I wasn't a big fan of the kid, but I felt like they were setting something up for the future, and this kid has never returned in any future movie, which I don't get. Going back to the Mandarin, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think he even should have been in this film, because it's, like I said, it's a wasted villain. The whole deal with Extremis being this kind of super, you know, regenerative, like, ability, I hated how it seems like so many villains have it. So, I mean, it, his goons have it. At one point, Pepper Potts has the power. I'm just like, oh God. Like, She's in her Lululemons kicking I mean, ass and I, shit. I, I kind of yeah. like like her saving the day at the end. I, that, that's was, like no, the one, that was kind of a know, nice I, twist. I kind of like yeah. when girls kick ass like I, that. Yeah, like, especially in these kind of setups where the dynamic is so much the you know helpless girl and the hero has to come save right. her. It is nice to have that little bit of a twist. Especially because we thought she died. 
too. Right, so yeah. For but her to like come back swinging. Right, yeah. I think it was just disappointing because so much we were waiting for badass things to happen and at the end it was, we finally got to see all the suits but a lot of them just ended up getting exploded right away or getting shot down by lasers right. that people were generating. And then, But yeah, I can appreciate that dynamic of that little twist of like where she saved herself and essentially him as well. Yeah. Right. Yeah, um, speaking about like the female characters in this movie, um, so Rebecca Hall's character was actually written to be the main villain of this movie. So the entire, the entire, you know, the girl that just gets shot like all willy nilly yeah. when they're uh, where, where did he go? Florida or whatever? Yeah, Where's yeah, their yeah. base? Yeah. Awesome, bad boys. T- Yo, that whole sequence is <laughs> is some like bad boys like uh, infiltrating the Cuban like drug lord's house or whatever. Like we can talk about that. That's like that's like some Michael Bay type nonsense. But like she was originally written to be the villain of the movie, and they had to rewrite it with uh, Guy Pierce being the villain. Because like Marvel execs at the time, and we talked about this in our first uh, phase one, I think Kevin Feige's boss, Ike Perlmutter is his name, I believe, um, he placed a lot of restrictions and had a lot of input, I would say, to the detriment of these films. And I would assume that he was a part of this group of execs that said, we can't have a female villain, it's going to affect merchandising. People aren't going to buy toys or merchandise of a female villain. We can't do that. So they had to go back and rewrite the script, make uh, Killian the bad guy, the main villain, and they actually reduced the roles of the females in the movie. So I think Pepper would have had a, a larger role. Rebecca Hall definitely would have had a huge role in the movie. I mean, how do you guys feel about that? Because personally, like, I thought her character was one of the more interesting people in the movie. I don't know. I, I just feel like, I mean, you watch Thor Ragnarok, I mean, you can definitely have a girl villain and it go over oh, yeah. extremely well. Yeah. She did a great job, I think. So I, I don't know why they cut her out. I wasn't a big fan of Iron Man 3 um, out of all the Iron Mans. I, I, don't, I don't know if you guys read this too, but this is the, the first one that Favreau didn't direct, correct? Well, and, and do you know why he didn't? No. He, he wanted to work on a movie that still has not been made but called Magic Kingdom. I guess this is like a night at the museum but at Disneyland as opposed to like where everything comes out. But he really, and yeah, it hasn't been made, but that's why he like signed off on it because he was supposed to like work on it, right? Yeah, but he just chose just to be on screen as opposed to... Directing, I think because yeah. he wanted to direct Magic Kingdom, which is, uh, I kind of, I, I, I want to watch Magic Kingdom in a sense, but yeah. I mean, you could watch uh, Tomorrowland and kind of yeah, get a sense of what yeah. that would be like, maybe. There was a couple of cool facts I just want to point out real fast. Um, they said up until this point in the MCU, this, there's the most complicated action sequence in this movie is when the 13 people fall out of the plane and Iron Man has to save them all. Oh, oh, that's okay. a treasure for me anyway. Yeah, yeah. yeah they, they said that they worked with the Red Bull skydiving team they assisted them, and I guess over 10 days of them trying to shoot this, they did 630 jumps. That's insane. Oh, in wow. 10 Jesus. days. And I was like, holy crap, that's insane. So I was like, okay, that, that's a treasure for sure. And then the other one I wanted to point out was they built Stark Mansion. Um, I think this time they built it, I want to say it's North or South Carolina, but it took 16 weeks to build it, and they had the whole thing on like a gimbal. So they could turn the house at the drop of a dime to a 45-degree angle. At a moment's notice. Oh, that's is that how they did the whole missile launch scene? Exactly. And so okay. all the action sequences they need to get at Stark Mansion, they built the actual house. It took about four months, but they had it on this machine that could actually turn it to 45 degrees to kind of help out with the action. I, I thought that was pretty neat that they did all that. But mm. And I like that Pepper Potts got into a, a suit, too. I thought that was kind of cool. But So I have a question, though, about the Pepper thing. Does she still have those abilities that she had in Iron Man 3? No. They're gone. I think that's a They that's alluded a loss. to it, but I mean, yeah, I think they're, they're, they're going to they fix her, her, but yeah. Yeah, at the end of the movie, they say they like cured her or removed oh, got it. it. So she goes back to normal. But don't you think that's a loss? Like, wouldn't it have been cool if she just like, oh, shit, I have powers now. I could She's be on the team. Hero, yeah. yeah, I would have been cool Regenerative abilities? Yeah, yeah, so I can never die. Yeah. She can spit fire? <laughs> like, 
I don't it's know. A bit hot fire. <laughs> like dialogue. Do you guys like the house scene where Stark's like mansion gets blown up and all that? I, I I thought that it was one of those scenes where people really scrutinize. I I don't know. I mean, I think how we get there is dumb because he announces his ad- yeah, address on camera like, you're, like you're Tony Stark. Bruce Wayne never said Wayne Manor is this address <laughs> yeah it's just like it's just like Tony Stark you call out a terrorist and we'll we'll talk about this when we get to Winter Soldier but like you call out a terrorist on like national TV in an, in an impromptu interview one they know where you live number one they know where you fucking live you're the most famous celebrity in there you're the only superhero celebrity right and your identity is public the other thing too is just like from Aldrich Killian's perspective is just like you already know where Tony Stark lives like why didn't you just kill his ass months ago if he's involved in like finding out what the fuck you're doing you're trying to get into his company all this other shit why not just have the Mandarin air quotes kill him right off the bat like I think that should have happened first like he, he rejects his business offer and then he gets shot up at his house and then that's when Killian try to use tries to use that to take over the company. Maybe like he thinks Tony Stark's dead, and then Tony Stark like basically Dark Knight Rises. Right. Basically, yeah. give me the plot of Dark yeah. Knight Rises. Basically, we talk about things kind of just coming and going, but like one of my biggest trash with this movie, and this has nothing to do with the movie itself, but more about the things surrounding the film. This is Robert Downey Jr.'s uh, last contractually obligated film. So he was part of a four picture deal, which includes Iron Man 1, 2, and 3 and Avengers. So this was like his last film on his contract. So they essentially wrote him out. They gave him an out. You know what I'm saying? Like the movie kind of ends. And I get that the contract thing factors into it, but it's just like they take out the fucking electromagnet just like out of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. Like he needed it to live, which was an interesting part of it. And now you're telling me you could have just got the surgery at any time. Yeah. It was was a, a one minute montage. Like, oh, okay. We didn't have to wait three movies for you to remove it. Like <laughs> one thing I do love though is that it's never it never really comes up again. I mean, they did it in this last Avengers where she kind of mentions that you know why are you still have carrying this around. But I love that they're it was sort of like one of those things like okay, let's just let that go. Nobody's happy with that. Like I was gonna say too, did anything in this movie happen relevant to the rest of the Marvel universe? I can't think of anything. No. I'm and to I think my brain. that's yeah. the biggest Nothing. problem with this movie is like the best Marvel movies change the universe or affect the universe in some way or introduce you to some sort of new concept new character or something. New it's all about the story yeah it's right. all yeah. about the story and i feel like this story didn't go anywhere and i and i get it you know the contract shit's happening but it's just like in a trilogy great but part of this larger universe you got to do a little better you know what i'm saying definitely yeah, yeah. um speaking of doing better they could have done better with war machine like he's Iron oh, Patriot for no reason, and yeah. your boy gets caught up by a bunch of like seamstresses and like kicked out he of gets his suit. Punked by a bunch of seamstresses. He doesn't yeah. do anything. <laughs> War Machine doesn't do shit in this yeah, movie. See I don't, I'm trying not to fanboy, but like this feels like so many middle fingers in this movie. Like the, you see War Machine, but he doesn't do anything. You see all these Iron Man suits, but they don't do shit till the end, and then they just get blown up. It's just uh, the Mandarin is. Uh, 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 Guy Pierce. It's just not. It's the last uh, Jedi of the MCU. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's just a lot of the shit I had I had wrong with this movie. But speaking of the Mandarin, they did do that one shot that came with the Thor DVD. Correct, with Justin Hammer in jail, and yeah. they kind of alluded that there is maybe a real Mandarin. So kind of, I think maybe in future films you might see, I would actually like to see him as a, a villain in, in like a future Doctor Strange film. That would make more sense, you know, dealing with magic and kind of that, that whole mystic arts thing. I think he would be a good villain. You know yeah, what it is strong. too, though? I think that had Iron Man 3 come out in like phase three, 
you would have actually seen the Mandarin. I think there was a lot of reluctance, and maybe this has to do with the executives, but I feel like there's a lot of reluctance to not delve too deep into the fantastic elements of the Marvel Universe, because I feel like the Thor movies are very toned down from what the comics are, like as far as like involving magic and mysticism and all that other nonsense. And I feel like you don't finally get to that until Ant-Man, Doctor Strange, some parts of Guardians of the Galaxy. We don't really explore that side of the universe. And I think they were just too afraid to kind of adapt the more ridiculous aspects of the Marvel Universe. Maybe that's why. Yeah. I don't know. If, if Iron Man 3 was made today, you would have seen the Mandarin as the Mandarin, like a yeah. master of magic and sorcery and all that other nonsense. Mm-hmm. Let's move on to our next movie. We got Thor The Dark World uh, released. <laughs> Who was that? Was that you, Justin? No, that's oh, that's you. Okay. Bling, Bling's got a problem. That was all of us, man. Okay. <laughs> so we got Thor The Dark World. Uh, came out November 8th, 2013, and it's directed by Alan Taylor. Uh, stars Chris Hemsworth, Natalie Portman, Tom Hiddleston, Anthony Hopkins, Stellan Skarsgård, Idris Elba, Christopher uh, Eccleston, and Renee Russo. 66% of critics liked it on Rotten Tomatoes, giving it an average score of 6.22 out of 10. 76% of the audience liked it, giving it a 3.9 out of 5 average. The budget was $150 million. It made $85 million its opening weekend. Its total domestic gross in the U.S. was $206 million, and its worldwide gross was $644 million. Thoughts on Thor The Dark World? Trash. Definitely trash. Ela- elaborate, please. I think please. I might have liked it more than you guys did. <gasps> the worst the villain in, was like in, the in any... Design. Oh, my God. I, honest, yeah. Honestly, honestly, what did you like about it? I'm not trying to antagonize. I'd like, we really would like to know. Like, yeah. Maybe I'm oh, I don't know. I just thought it was way. a good movie. I thought the villain, the, the dark elf... Is, no, what, well, yeah. what was the villain's dark name? <laughs> I don't... My, Nobody remembers. Wait, wait, let, let the man recall what he wants <laughs> to say. It started with an M. There we go. Oh, Malekith. Malekith okay, is his you. name. Um, he was close. No, I mean, I thought he was like... I mean, certainly I thought he was better than like a artificial intelligence robot. Just oh, like, we agree talking about, okay, okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, you're right. You I'll know what? You, I'll give you that. I don't hate Thor The Dark World as much as a lot of other people do. I do think that the whole love story thing is forced on us. Yeah. I think they were really trying to um, play to the uh, Twilight demographic. You know, the Marvel movies kind of after phase one started dividing up into different genres, venturing into that stuff. Iron Man was like a, I don't know, like a... 90s action film and then Captain America is like a political thriller Thor the Dark World is like a romance Guardians is like a space sci-fi opera you know like all that other nonsense but I I feel like this movie really tried to force the love story on us they really tried to shove it down our throats did you like Natalie Portman's character in this whole thing I feel like she's not used properly. Right, yeah. I think I said I was going to bring this up in this episode, but in phase one, my biggest problem with a lot of the female characters in this franchise, at the beginning at least, the love interests don't do anything after they fall in love with the protagonist. Like Pepper, she has a role. She's constantly in Tony's life, which is cool. She's there. She runs his company. She needs to be there, and I'm, I'm cool with that. I wish her role was a little larger. Natalie Portman, um, she's the love interest, but she's also the leading physicist when it comes to interdimensional studies or whatever right. on planet Earth. Why are we not using that in the yeah. plot? If we're talking about Thor traveling dimensions and realms. Well, see, then in the first Avengers, a lot of that gets passed on to her associate. Exactly. And you and I talk about this a lot. Like, right. she should have been the one that Loki kidnaps yes. and and opens the portal. That's she should have. Instead of the scientist. Instead of, yeah. instead of Stellan Skarsgård, yeah. it should have been oh, yeah. Natalie Portman. And I feel like Natalie Portman should have been the driving force of this movie. She's on a double date because that's what girls do in these movies. They go on dates and shit and they don't do nothing else. And she stumbles upon this uh, dark world shit on accident. Yeah. 
what should have happened is that being the determined woman that she is, you know, I'm a dude, I don't mean to speak for the ladies out there, but this is what I would have appreciated writing. Like she should have been the catalyst for all this. She should have been the one that found the portal to the dark world, accidentally released the elves. She could still absorb the ether and all that other stuff, but it shouldn't have been like, oh, I'm on a double date. And uh, all of a sudden, uh, Kat Danning's character just calls me and I show up. Like she should have been trying to reach Thor using her research and stumbled across this right. and been the entire catalyst for this whole thing to happen because she wants to see Thor. Thor want, Or even if she's not trying to see Thor, she just stumbles upon it using the knowledge that she learned from Avengers, yeah. right? And so because of that, Thor, he wants to see her. What a coincidence that she stumbles upon interdimensional travel on her own and now Thor gets to see her again and now they're thrust into this adventure and because you know um, you deal with a lot of interdimensional travel and all that other stuff she could have been like a guiding force for Thor like hey Thor this is how this works this is how this works you can't jump into that kind of portal because of this she could have brought a lot of her science to the more mystical realm of Asgard and help play a bigger part in that and I feel like she doesn't she's just there for Thor to like hold hands with and she's she's fucking Padme in episode three. Like she stares out of windows. <laughs> same same, same person. person. Yeah. That's yeah. a damsel in distress. Yeah, and that's like, that's my biggest problem with Padme. She doesn't do shit in episode three, but that's a whole nother franchise we'll talk about at another time. But I feel like Natalie Portman should have had a much bigger and more important role in this movie. But that's me. Well, so, I hear like Offset, she's just like not happy with like playing that role at all. Yeah, she she wasn't happy, I think, with it either. So I was reading too that the director of Wonder Woman was originally scheduled to oh, direct Patty Thor 2. Wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah, so maybe we would have got more of what you're talking about, Kerwin, right. if she would have directed this, maybe given the females a stronger, more relevant, you know, a role that we can, that makes sense. That makes sense, but it's kind of a bummer she didn't do it. Yeah, because even, um, I mean, the only good thing you saw was like uh, Renee Russo have that sword fight with Malekith. I was going to bring yeah. that up. Yeah. She yeah. goes out like a badass. Oh, yeah. Huh? yeah. yeah. That's one of the best parts in the movie. And then uh, Lady Sif doesn't do shit except say, oh, Thor, right. I love you. Oh, you love this girl. Uh, I hate you. Uh, like she doesn't do anything. <laughs> How was that again, Kerwin? Uh, Thor. Uh, I love you. Uh, but I, you're with this girl who's from Earth, and uh, I hate you. Uh, it's pretty good. Exact <laughs> quotes. <Yes. laughs> Thank you. That's just my perspective on the movie, but I I do love that we kind of further the relationship with Thor and Loki. I think that's one of the highlights of this movie. Mm-hmm. Like their relationship goes a little deeper. I read that um, Loki wasn't even going to have a, a significant role in this movie either, but once they realized how popular he was after the first Thor movie, they rewrote the script to kind of make him have a bigger part in this Honestly, film. Tom Hiddleston did his thing in Thor 2. Oh, for Probably sure. the highlight. Yeah, I he, feel like. he was the highlight. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, like his reaction when their mother died, especially after he thought yeah. his whole, uh, you know, his whole orphan revelation and everything, or his adopted son. But yeah, just that little performance, that little scene of him, like when the sort of curtain drops and you see his uh, that illusion gone, him just kind of broke in on the floor barefoot, just like that was a great. That was probably the best yeah. scene of the movie and to me. Yeah. Like the the thing with Loki is like you never really know where what he's thinking or where he's coming from. Yeah, and he kind of keeps you on your toes. And I think Tom does a great job with that. Yeah. No, it's 100%. Tom Middleton to me is Loki. Like, yeah. Yeah. excellent casting. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. King of Mischief. Do you know Loki originally auditioned to be Thor? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I did, yes. I did read that, yeah. Yeah. Thought that'd be, I thought, didn't we talk about that on phase one? Did we yeah, talk like, about that? Okay. Yeah, 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 and all yeah, that yeah, stuff. Yeah. yeah, he was in yeah. the costume and everything. 
He, nah, he's Loki. I can't. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally Loki. Yeah. Um, you know, one other thing, talking about villains we don't know about. Yeah. The dude from Doctor Strange. What was his name? Uh, I know the actor's name, but what was the bad guy's name in Doctor Strange? Not yeah. Dormammu. Not Dormammu, right? Yeah. Uh, Shit. Uh, uh, yeah. I, crap. All right. Well, Phase we'll Three. We'll, we'll get to that. Was it Nor's, Nor's Domu? No, 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 no. The dude that worked for Dormammu. Oh. The one that was showing up the Dark Dimension. We'll, we'll talk about that after, like when we get to Phase Three. But anyway, Mads Mikkelsen was actually attached to play a villain maybe he would have been Malekith in this movie but he had to drop out because he was like scheduled to do other stuff but get into the villains like Dark Elves are probably the coolest uh, it's, looking it's villains a, sorry to interrupt you Cassilius oh Cassilius Cassilius yeah. okay yeah, yeah but uh, Dark Elves look cool they're, they're probably the coolest yeah, the design, design yeah. was pretty dope waste total waste yeah because yeah. yeah. the villain doesn't do shit yeah, yeah like their ships their hair, their hair like everything about their yeah. props like it looks amazing but yeah Come and give me like Guillermo del Toro vibes. Almost. Yes. But. Yeah. And, and with a movie where, you know, other Marvel films, you kind of, they're crowded with multiple villains. I mean, you had one villain in this film and it's still wasted. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you waste a villain when it's like, it's not even crowded. It's not even, I mean, you could say maybe Loki is, but he's kind of on the good side this time around. So, but yeah, yeah Malchus like is like, just such a wasted villain. And they kill him off, so it's not like oh they leave it open. We're like, hey, maybe he can be an antagonist in, down the line somewhere. But no, he's he's dead, and it's like okay. That's that's <laughs> the biggest problem with the Marvel movies is they kill every bad guy. Also, almost every bad guy dies. The other thing too is like he's after an Infinity Stone. <laughs> he should be more like fleshed out. But I think I think a lot of that got cut out. I, I believe I think a lot of his stuff got cut out. Speaking of Infinity Stones, this our third Infinity Stone now. We got the was it the Reality, reality, reality Stone? stone. The reality I did stone. not get from watching this entire no, film. Yeah. Just, yeah. I did not really understand it's like a pool that. Pool of blood, bloody liquid. You, you think like this is a stone? Like yeah. it's not until the, the, the end credits where you like. Well, oh, even the end credits, they were giving uh, the collector the Reality Stone, and I was like, where'd they get that from? <laughs> <laughs> well, the only I think this is the first movie where we mention Infinity Stones too, because I think um, when uh, Odin's talking to Jane and Thor, yeah. and maybe the Warriors 3 are there? Who knows? I don't know. But like he's talking about like um, the Great Tree or whatever. That's the first ever explanation we get of Infinity Stones without telling us they're Infinity Stones. He says like, oh, there's six you know, things in the universe and blah, blah, blah. And he says the ether is this one and it does this, but he never straight out tells you that they're infinity stones. But I think that's the first explanation we get of what's to come in the whole MCU. Mm-hmm. Let's get into our third movie. Uh, we got Captain America, the winter soldier. Best one. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Or winter soldier. Or Guardians, or Guardians. Oh, uh, yeah. Close second. All right, yeah. so I don't know if you guys could tell, but none of us like this movie. <laughs> Trash. Uh, <laughs> the worst this, out of all three. <laughs> this movie was released uh, April 4th, 2014, directed by Anthony Russo and Joe Russo. 90% of critics liked it on Rotten Tomatoes. It's got an average score of 7.6 out of 10. 92% of the audience liked it, giving it a 4.3 out of 5 average. Uh, the budget was $170 million. It made $95 million its opening weekend. The total domestic gross was $259 million, and its worldwide gross was $714 million. Stars Chris Evans, Scarlett Johansson, Sebastian Stan, Anthony Mackie, Colby Smulders, Frank Grillo, Emily Van Camp, Haley Atwell, Robert Redford, and Samuel L. Jackson. Guys, I know you don't want to talk about this at all, but <laughs> what are your thoughts on uh, Captain America 2? This was the captain we were waiting for. This like, is yes. the first one. This is, this exactly is my captain. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> the suit's toned down. He's working with uh, with S.H.I.E.L.D. and everything as an agent. Like, it's 
Uh, the action is amazing. The Winter Soldier is introduced, and it's done incredibly well. It's uh, it's beautiful. Everything. Man, talk about, about that twist, though, man. Yes. Hydra. Yes. Yeah. Yo. Yeah. Yeah. God. I, I know I got a lot to say. But I you guys know. And, and yeah, we get the Falcon. To get the Falcon as well. Continue to introduce us to new characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we got Falcon, Agent 13. We actually got to see how S.H.I.E.L.D. works with the World Security Council, those people that we saw in the shadows in Avengers 1. Yes. But Winter Soldier is just great because there's also real stakes at hand. I mean, right. early exactly. in the film, you think they killed Nick Fury, and it's like, oh shit, they killed the main character. Like, right. like if you were to take the superhero aspects out of this movie, it would still do just as well. Yeah, oh, there, yeah, there's motivation behind every every action, yeah. you know. It's like you felt like you were at the edge of your seat. I felt like every moment you're just like, damn, they really killed off. So, <laughs> behind the scenes production, why is this movie such a success and the first one wasn't? I mean, the dire- I, what was the reason why they they like literally nailed this one but didn't on the first one? You know what it is? I think um, the writers uh, was it Marcus and McFeely? I don't want to mess up their first names, but I think those are the two writers. They wrote the first movie and they wrote this one. They also uh, wrote Civil War too, and they wrote Infinity War and Endgame. Yeah. Well, and the other thing is too, they, this is the first, I think, first Marvel film where they got uh, Anthony and Joe Russo to direct. Yes, so this is their first entry in the MCU. And, and but you can argue they're probably the best directors that, in the Marvel Cinematic. I'm gonna say it right now, they are the best thing to ever happen to to the MCU right. personally. Yeah. Yeah. Personally, wow. yeah. Yeah. The, I heard a little story about how they directed an episode, like a paintball episode of a Community, and that was sort of their kind of audition to see if they could pull off the action to direct this movie, and it worked. If you, even watching that paintball, a paintball, episode, <laughs> yeah. There's a whole. I have to watch that. Yeah, there's an episode of Community, and even just in sync with what they had to work with, it's actually done really well. So it's uh, it's a great audition for them to get the role. Yeah, one of the things the writers wanted to get into was kind of deal with Steve being a man out of time. But right. you you saw like in Avengers how like you know not no offense to Josh Josh Whedon he did an amazing job on that film. Um, but I think like one of the things he did was like oh let's make the fact that Cap is like a man out of time funny like oh I get that reference oh uh, there's only one God ma'am and you know like just making him sound old timey these guys wanted to take it more seriously like how is somebody who's like an American hero like legitimately fought in World War II has a very strict sense of what is right and wrong live in a world where the government and the military the police different politicians and all that other stuff they operate in gray areas how does he function within that and I think they wanted to take it very seriously and they they made an effort to tone down the humor they got rid of a lot of humor that you saw in the first movie at avengers and they said no like we're gonna take this whole fish out of water situation seriously and really see how he would react to shield being untrustworthy um the whole project insight thing and um uber surveillance yeah his best friend being a bad guy so they they definitely wanted to take it more seriously and um it was actually kevin feige's idea to make shield the bad guy because they, they couldn't figure out how to do it. So I think Kevin Feige is the one that said, like, yo, why don't we just make S.H.I.E.L.D. the bad guys? And then they kind of took it from there, I think. Even Chris Evans said that from his perspective in playing Steve Rogers, the hardest part is it's not sort of adapting to the technology and the world is so much different. Uh, it's just that the people are so much different. Like he grew up or he was born in a time where people trusted each other and people were able to, you know, make gentlemen's bets and and it was fine. And now the betrayal lies a little bit deeper and you really don't know who you're trusting anymore. They actually use all the side characters in this movie. Yeah, and it's, yeah. A, it's a crowded flick too. You would think like this this film has a lot of ancillary characters. Yeah, Civil, and, Civil War and, is crowded. 
I but, mean, but I mean, even this film is yes. crowded. But it, it's it's like every character has a purpose. Every character, you know, plays a role. It's not just like oh, they're just thrown in. They don't like, just show up like Baron von Strucker to die. Like <laughs> yeah. they have a like even even down to even Emily Van Camp's character, Agent Thirteen. Even though she has like a very minimal role in the movie, mm-hmm. but like her when she shows up, she's the nurse that lives in the across the hallway. Right. Mm-hmm. She shows up, busts the door down, and has a gun. And it turns out she's there to keep an eye on Captain Rogers. Even that serves a purpose because it shows Steve that holy shit, like they got eyes on me at all times. Nice. Like it shows you how how thorough and paranoid this world of secret agents is. It's a world of surveillance, yeah. yes. Yeah, and, and every single person in this movie has a purpose that drives the plot forward and nobody's wasted like a lot of these other movies. Like the supporting cast does shit. They do things. Like Black Widow does things. Nick Fury does things. Like Winter Soldier, Alexander Pierce, everybody does something in this movie. One person that doesn't do anything is Hawkeye. Um, he was actually supposed to be in the movie, but they wrote him out because they realized they weren't going to have enough stuff for him to do again. So they really uh, poor guy, but probably for the best. Yes. Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, know, I feel like they could have. Hawkeye should have been in Thor. Worked him in. Hawkeye should have been in Thor. If you know, they worked you know, him in, we would have been sitting at this table. We would have been talking about how they brought him in to do nothing. <laughs> no, it's true. It's true. Yeah. Like if if we ever do a Thor: The Dark World review, I'll talk about what I what my theories are with that. But yeah. whatever. But um, one of the things that really stood out is the action. You guys are probably gonna hear these episodes out of order, but we just recorded John Wick the same day. Uh, review of John Wick the same day we recorded this episode, and the guys um, uh, Chad Stahelski and David Leach, yeah. um, their company. Either them or their stunt company actually did second unit directing on this film. Oh, wow. Yeah, so they they helped out a lot with Winter Soldier and Civil War. So you see a lot of the action. It's wider in frame. The actors are doing a lot of their own stunts for the most part. The fight choreography is like crazy in this movie. So that, that was one of the highlights for me, at least. Like, I'm going to say this, the boat scene. I was going to bring that up. You, oh, you, go ahead, go ahead. Because I, I had never seen this. And you're like, Mux, you got to watch this movie. And I'm like, all right. And you're like, just check out the boat scene. So when you get to the boat scene, you're just like, it's like the intro fuck, to the it's a boat gap, scene. Yeah. Here, here it is. It's it's really impressive. Yeah. yeah. Like, they're not fucking around in this no. movie. But, but I mean, every fight scene, even the elevator scene, when he's trying to escape from shit. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that, that is just like... What's better, the elevator or the boat scene? Boat. I, like, I, like, street fight. Street I like the boat. Street fight. Like street fight. The street fight. The street fight. Because I feel like, I don't know if a I ever got a feeling... Yes of how badass Captain America was in that first film as much as I did when I saw the boat scene. Yeah, the boat scene like, definitely... I was like, holy I was like, shit, this guy ain't fucking around. I was disappointed with like Captain America, the first Avenger. I was like, man, this fucking action sucks. Like, yeah. right. And then when the boat scene came up, I was like, hell yeah, he's kicking ass. He just eliminated the whole fucking like crew on the, on the ship and then they're like, oh yeah... Everyone's oh, coming parachuting down. Like, like, down. He's just like he's just like he's like thanks for that, man. He's like yeah, you seem pretty helpless without me. Yeah, like, yeah. like that's that's how you do a joke, by the way. Yeah. That is how you do a joke. I like uh, that they threw in uh, what's his name, uh, GGL or not GGL uh, GSP. 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 There we go. Mm-hmm. I was thinking Jason Gordon Love for some reason. I don't and, know why. And, and we and we finally get a functional suit. Like his suit doesn't look like PJs. Like, it is actually like tactical, cold, yeah. tactical and covert. Yes. Yeah, they got the suit from uh, I think it was a uh, Steve Rogers Agent of Shield or whatever from the comics. Yeah. Yeah. So that's where they got the inspiration for that suit. Um, when I was at LA Comic Con in twenty. 17 I went to a panel uh, where the head of visual development Ryan Minerding he's pretty much done all the concept and visualization for the Captain America films if not all the MCU films but Captain America uh, specifically is kind of his thing 
he said it took him forever to finally come up with a helmet that made Captain America look like a badass. Right. And so like one of his solutions was like show the ears and like slim it down as much as possible so it's not bulky like the Avengers helmet. Mm-hmm. I think they I think they did a great job with the first Avenger suit and that helmet. But I think the helmet is kind of what sells the suit. Like it looks like just like a, a strap on tactical thing. It doesn't look like a costume anymore. Like it looks like a functional piece of, it's like yeah. the Dark Knight suit kind of maybe, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. No, was it Avengers when he had like the, they said it looked kind of plasticky helmet. Yeah, yeah, that, PJs was, on. yeah that, that was probably the worst <laughs> one I think. Oh yeah, I could not take him seriously. But, but um, I feel like we need to thoroughly talk about the street fight when he finally goes toe to toe with Winter Soldier. I feel like that was like- The knife flip? Like the epitome. Yeah. Or, oh, yeah. Epitome, whatever you want. <laughs> well, well, it, it like, just kind of happens. That was right? an yeah, it just yeah. kind of happens abruptly too, because they're <laughs> driving a car, and all of a sudden, like, what do you call it? Winter Soldier shows up. Oh, he like, kills Sitwell. Yeah, he yeah. kills Jasper, and all of a sudden, we're in a street fight. Like, it was so unexpected. So, oh yeah. Good lead in for it. And it's funny too, because like uh, Justin and I, we had just seen the raid, like raid yeah. two, yeah. like like a uh, like a week before, right yeah. in L. A. And great then so, fights in that one. Oh, too. amazing! <laughs> so when we watched yeah. this movie, the entire time I wasn't expecting much, but like we looked at each other, like, "Yo, this shit is like the raid!" Like, what the <laughs> fuck? The action was crazy in this one. Love Falcon. I love that he wasn't just a joke character. He had a lot of substance to him with his character and backstory. Yeah, the way they introduced him was great. It was so yeah. real. And yeah, um, doing laps around him. Like, well, yeah, and the PT, but uh, he's like revving the. PT. PTSD again, rebranding right. a soldier, giving it some gravity, giving it some real worldness to it. Yeah. I think the best thing that this movie did was it changed things. Cause we just spoke about this in Iron Man 3, but like the best Marvel movies change things or they introduce new things. So Shield has been a fixture since Iron Man 1 in all of these movies, Thor, Captain America, etc., Avengers. But now they're gone. And I think that's the best thing to come out of this movie. Not necessarily that they're gone, but like it's changed the world they live in now. Because New York has clearly had an effect on the world in each movie we see it. But I think it's never felt or it doesn't resonate as much as it does in Winter Soldier. And I think the coolest thing they did was destroy S.H.I.E.L.D. They tore it down, revealed it was Hydra. And you leave the movie and like, holy shit, where do we go from here? Because S.H.I.E.L.D. is gone. Like, dad's gone. Like our parents are gone. Like, yeah. and it what, yeah. kind what of do they leads do? us up to civil war, you know, because now they have to introduce laws and stuff. Whereas Shield before was kind of protecting everything that was happening, and now without Shield there, they have to forget what they are—the the Accords or whatever. Um, but it kind of sets us up nicely, I think, for the future of the MCU. I said I was going to bring this up during Iron Man three and Thor two, so. Um, Shield does not appear in Iron Man three, and it does not appear in Thor two. Just the authorities show up in Thor two. Uh, I think Natalie Portman or whoever says, like, oh, it, yeah. yeah, we got to shut this down. S.H.I.E.L.D. could show up at any second. S.H.I.E.L.D. does not appear in any of those movies. What I would like to know is, like, maybe this movie should have happened first to kind of justify why S.H.I.E.L.D. never shows up. Because when you think about Iron Man 2, Iron Man 1 and 2, and, and Thor 1, S.H.I.E.L.D. essentially acts as a custodian of Iron Man and Thor. When shit happens in uh, New Mexico, they're there. Right. When Iron Man is doing crap, Coulson shows up. In Iron Man 2, when Iron Man's like drunk and having a bar fight with Rhodey, Nick Fury shows up to Randy's Donuts, you know what I'm saying, and says, right. what the hell's going on? In Iron Man 3, he calls out an international terrorist on television and nobody shows up. 
in Thor 2, we're having interdimensional portal fights in London <laughs> yeah. and nobody shows up. Right. So like my whole thinking is like maybe Shield was already dissolved by this time. It makes more sense to have Captain America first so that Shield cannot respond to those things in those other two movies. And never yeah. even put that together. That's, that's interesting. Yeah. yeah, and then or maybe at least say it's happening at the same time. Right. Something like yeah. that. Maybe the timeline would have made more sense. If, no, it'd be a I agree. more time, especially with the darker tone that Iron Man three kind of went into. It would have just added well to the whole Tony stressed out and Shield's gone. It just would have it would have all fit. Yeah. But um, that's for me. I like how they brought back Arnim Zola. They pulled yes. that off. Yeah. I'm actually glad Red Skull wasn't Alexander Pierce. Yeah. I like that it was the whole relationship between him and Fury. Mm-hmm. Uh, we gonna talk about how he lost his eye in Phase Three though. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, uh, how do you like the reappearance of Gary Shandling? <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> when he R.I.P. Gary Shandling. Yeah, yes. uh, when he showed up, I was dying laughing. Yeah. Uh, Hail Hydra was the biggest meme of yeah. 2014. Yeah, so. it made him super relevant. Yeah. yeah, but I feel like this movie is really like the it set the bar. So w- oh, yeah. every Marvel movie that comes out now, I'm just like, ah, it's not. It's not. Is, it, be- is it better? Or yeah. than well, I think older? a lot of people would rank this as their number one. Oh, it's yeah. my yeah. number one. Out, out of all phases, right? Yeah. You know, over Infinity War, Iron Man one, all that. Just one quick fun fact. Um, uh, I was reading because there's you know lots of great action sequences in this but did you guys know that the Winter Soldier only lands nine hits with his metal arm really everything else is a block or he uses his other human arm but he only lands nine punches with his metal arm maybe he's right handed (laughs) (laughs) I just thought that was funny that's all Let's get into the next movie. We got Guardians of the Galaxy, released August 1st, 2014, directed by James Gunn, stars Chris Pratt, Zoe Saldana, Dave Bautista, Vin Diesel, and Bradley Cooper. Uh, we also got Lee Pace, Michael Rooker, Karen Gillan, Jaiman Hansu, John C. Riley, Glenn Close, and Benicio Del Toro. 91% of critics liked it on Rotten Tomatoes, giving it an average score of 7.77 out of 10. 92% of the audience liked it, giving it an average score of 4.4 out of 5. The budget was 170 million. Opening weekend, it made 94 million. Its total domestic gross in the U.S. was 333 million, and it made uh, 770 million dollars worldwide. Thoughts on Guardians of the Galaxy? I have to already go in. I'm so sorry. I have not seen this movie. What? I know. I yeah, no. Okay. I was at a point where I hated the CGI, what they were all doing, and I just boycotted it. I, I was just like, I don't. I even know how to like what state of mind I was in. But yeah, I have not seen this movie. What are you doing? We're all looking at you crazy. Yeah, I know. I know. No, I, I want to now. I've seen Guardians too because it's on Netflix. But but yeah, so. I'm gonna have to sit this one out, but I just want to say, like, I so want to watch this movie, but I just I don't have it. It's not on Netflix. Well, I, nothing. Honestly, I don't blame you if you yeah. didn't want to see it because I mean, really, this was the, the first trailer was just like over the. I was like, I'm not. Well, here's the thing this. about yeah. too, the Guardians of the Galaxy is a really obscure Marvel property. Yeah. I like, never I, heard. I didn't actually see it until like a month later because I was like, okay, this is where he starts getting into space. You know, I knew it was like based on the comic, but I was like. I didn't even follow this as a kid. I was like, this is just too fantastical. Like, I'm not going to like it. I saw the trailers. I'm like, oh, they got a talking raccoon. This is going to this is gonna <laughs> and, be weird. And like. I heard because they thought this is going to be such a challenge to, like, actually create. Yeah. They were like, hey, we have to nail the whole casting thing. So Star-Lord was like, hey, 
we got to get the right guy. They were like off of guys of like uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt and other people. And there's like there's like other people, but it's just like I think they nailed it with Chris Pratt. Oh yeah, like oh, he, he's sure. great. But there was other actors too. But like they were really worried. Like hey, this is not these well-known like characters. We have to nail the casting. And, in order and you to have get to kind of read right. their life into it because like I said, because it's a, kind of like a, a not really familiar property. People are not going to be like oh. He didn't do it right. It's like doesn't matter if he did it right. No one really knows who these characters are for yeah. to the mainstream audience. Obviously, the hardcore yeah. fanboys that follow the comic, they're like, oh, okay, you know. And yeah. even then, I think they will they loved the take that they they did in, in, on each of the characters. So. But yeah. I, I talked to people who are like in love with like Marvel. They say this is one of their favorite ones. Also, oh, yeah. it's like number yeah, one is like the best. You know, I mean, I have to watch it. I'm I'm really sorry. I, I know you guys are like looking at me, but no, no, like, I'll, fine, I'll get into it. You yeah. know, but yeah, we're all judging you. Fuck you. This yeah. one's really this one's really good. I like it a lot. I was reading that the sound I mean the soundtrack on this I mean I think we all have to agree yeah. is yeah. awesome amazing and it's actually called awesome mix number one but uh, <laughs> it's the only soundtrack to make it to number one without a single original song yeah. I didn't know that. but it's like I mean for that alone you got to watch it did okay Jason Momoa was gonna play Drax Almost. You guys almost yeah. gonna play I, I Drax think, I think yeah I think I heard about that Can you yeah. imagine that? no would he have to shave his head Probably. Um, Would we have gotten Aquaman? I don't know. You know what? (laughs) We got Aquaman, so I'm cool with him not playing Drax. Aquaman is a cinematic masterpiece. (laughs) No, I... I, (laughs) What? (laughs) Not knowing a lot about Guardians, I really love this movie. I like... Exactly, I didn't know anything about Guardians. Yeah, I, I knew nothing. And it's like the cast that they got... You know, Bradley Cooper, Vin Diesel recorded I Am Groot over a thousand times. Yeah. And, and in multiple I would have hated that recording And session, on like. stilts. He's like, Groot's so tall, I'm not tall enough. So he, he recorded I Am Groot on stilts as well. I guess his performance I, reached new heights. Method yeah. acting at his <laughs> finest. That's the first one, guys. But I heard he, he method recording, method recording, so that everywhere they played it, it would be his. Oh, voice. okay. I didn't, I didn't read yes. that one. Yeah, either. I heard okay. about that too. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I didn't know that. Oh boy, Guardians. Jason with the fun facts. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we finally see like Thanos in this movie. Thanos. He is, almost got cut. But yeah. they, they besides besides an end credits though, right? Because he's also in an end credits before this. Yeah, right? yeah. Like yeah. Turn and smile. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 yeah, but this is the first movie. I'm sorry. What I meant, I guess, was uh, this is the first movie where like Josh Brolin was cast as Thanos. Got it. He actually made his first appearance in like mocap and voicing the character. Personally, I would have maybe not liked to see Thanos in this movie. I would have kept it as like the Emperor in Empire Strikes Back, where he's a hologram. I would have pre- okay. like you yeah. know when he has that whole okay. hologram talk on the wall. Yeah, I would have preferred it to be that. Yeah, because he he does change in subsequent films too. Like they, I don't think they had finalized the look that they wanted to give totally. Thanos, and I think that's Infinity an even running joke. Like how can he keeps changing a different shade of purple? Like <laughs> when we finally see him in an Infinity War, like it yeah, just, I feel like <laughs> he was red at that first time we saw him at those end credits. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. I just kind of felt like that whole scene like. With him being there, like it kind of made Ro- uh, Ronan look like a bitch. Like, yeah, I was gonna say I did like his speech. His speech was badass, but again, he totally took the seriousness out of Ronan. But it yeah. kind of worked for this film because this film was more fun than. I that, that's what I liked about the film is that it was it was know, more lighthearted. Yes, everything yeah, yeah. It was a lot. It was really lighthearted. There's a lot of jokes, a lot of like quick quips in there, which I appreciated. I think we will learn more about Ronan in Captain Marvel sequels. Because he, he does show up in Captain Marvel. Yeah. I would hope that in Captain Marvel 2 and 3, hopefully they take place between the 90s and what happens in Endgame. Like, we get to see what happened to Ronan in this, like, Kree war and why he's so pissy because we don't go over any of that in this movie. And it really pisses me off. I don't like Ronan as a villain. He's just angry for no reason. 
Like that's how it feels to me. And they kill him off. Yeah, so. they kill him off. Yeah. <laughs> what I do like about at least the actor's performance is he does have this sort of dangerous element to him. Um, you know, whereas he's this crazy heretic, and because of that, he's unstable. So, and also, you know, a testament to his powers, he did wield the Infinity, one of the Infinity Stones, which that is, true. is no, which is no easy feat. So, I think they do. While there are definitely things that undermine him, but I, again, I think it works in the movie. Like again, the final fight scene, if you will, between him and Pratt, the dance battle. But, uh, <laughs> right. But, oh, um, spoilers. Sorry. Guardians no, I, I, well, I know it happens. It's oh, okay. on Infinity War, you okay. know, but yeah. Got you. But again, another thing about years. this is that I knew nothing of these, like, you know, most people, but it is sort did of refreshing Did anyone watch this in the that. theater? I did. Yeah. I did. So, oh, you yeah. guys all did. Yeah, so, but I, I'm I, a piece of shit. I go kill myself. No, but I mean, I, I literally waited a, I literally waited a month later. Like, it was one of those, like, Marvel films I usually see within the first week. And this no, was, you saw this with me and Justin. No, no, I didn't. I you saw were this, there. No, I saw this by what, myself. Wasn't he there with us? No. was. No. You were there with us. For Guardians? No. Really? I, I did not see Guardians with you guys. No, oh, I waited until a month later. I was, you know everybody had seen it and I was like okay let me go finally see it and then I was like oh okay you know what I eat my words this is actually a good film okay yeah, cool as far as Guardians goes like um, I did actually read Guardians I think I read two volumes of Guardians like the night it came out like before I went to the theater to kind of prep myself yeah. but the one of the reasons I knew about Guardians was you get lost on Wikipedia sometimes and yeah. then that's how I found out about Guardians like mm-hmm. back in like I don't know like college or whatever yeah. and then um, Marvel vs. Capcom 3 Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom 3, mm. Rocket Raccoon is a is a playable character in that game. Oh. So that's that's when I really was just like, oh shit, they got Rocket Raccoon in this game. And then I started doing like a lot more research on Guardians. And that's how I really found out about the updated roster. Because you know the roster changed Correct. when we got into this decade. Star-Lord, Gamora, all those other guys, Drax, Groot, Rocket, like that's when they became the Guardians. It was a totally different team in previous incarnations mm-hmm. back in the day. But like that's when I really got excited about Guardians. So, talking raccoon did it for me, I guess. Okay. Yeah. To each their own. Yeah. I heard that Chris Pratt got the role because he got in shape, because of his physique. I don't. <laughs> I heard. I heard that he did have the physique. That, yes. I heard that they that they had coached him and or that they had hired him, and the directors were like, "We'll CGI some abs on you if we have to." And he's like, "No, no, give me like six months." Oh, so uh, he was already hired at that point. That's what I think. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, he, what did he lose, like 60 pounds? 60 in, pounds. Jesus. But, he but said, give me six months, I'll lose 50 pounds, he lost 60. Because he's pretty big in Parks and Rec, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. yeah he's kind of yeah. heavy. I love the explanation in Parks and Rec, was it like season six or whatever, when they go meet him in London? He's like, wow, Andy, you lost a lot of weight. He's like, yeah, I just stopped drinking beer. And then <laughs> and they, just, they just carry on. I, I just want to bring up one thing. I, I was, I mean, Disneyland, TJ, I know you got a pass and all that. When they changed it, the Tower of Tower Terror to Terror. Guardians of the Galaxy. I was like, why the fuck would you? Because I love that ride. Ten times better. <laughs> yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy exactly. is the best fucking ride at Disneyland. So dude. would you say it's, it's out of this more. world? Yeah. It's Yes, it's out of this world. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one one more thing. We get our fourth Infinity Stone in this movie. So we get the orb on Gor... Right. Uh, was it, what's the planet's name? Gorag or whatever? Yeah. Some, some shit like that. We get the orb. So we get the Power Stone in this movie. Yeah. Shout out to Power Stone. Great Capcom game. Yeah. Go buy it if you have a And we actually get an explanation of the Infinity Stones from the Collector. Yes. That's our second explanation. Yeah. yeah. So we get the Not Collector. thorough explanation though. It was actually like, okay. Yeah, he actually tells us what it is unlike Odin. Yeah, so we get our fourth stone, power stone, and yeah, it was cool. I was not expecting that dance battle. I loved it. I don't think anyone was. It was golden, though. Yeah. I I gotta watch this movie. It was a little cheesy, like the end, like, oh, like our powers combined, we can all like hold this stone or whatever. I thought. 
if we do it together, we can win. Like, yeah, that was, that was just pretty a little bit cheesy, <laughs> but um, other than that, mom. Right. And he reaches yeah. out. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Just ten planet. He's a hero. Yeah. Gonna take pollution down to zero. All right, let's let's move on. Oh, we also got the Nova Corps. Oh yeah! Yes. Oh, right, right. Are they still so, gonna make a Nova movie? Yeah, they said Nova Corps is one of their top priorities in Phase Four or moving forward. So I hope we get Richard Ryder in the future. So yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Let's get to Avengers: Age of Ultron. Who was that? Was that you? It was me. No, it was okay. all of us in unison. <laughs> thank you, thank you, Dominic, for God. speaking for the group. <laughs> all right, so. Uh, Avengers Age of Ultron was released May 1st, 2015, directed by Joss Whedon. Stars Robert Downey Jr., Chris Hemsworth, Mark Ruffalo, Chris Evans, Scarlett Johansson, Jeremy Renner, Don Cheadle, Aaron Taylor Johnson, husband of the director of Fifty Shades of Grey. That fucking number always gets brought up, man. Yeah, I know. When you talk about it, things just get 50 yeah. times worse. Um, we got a, uh, We got Elizabeth Olsen, Paul Bettany, Kobe Smulders, Anthony Mackie, Haley Atwell, Idris Elba, Stellan Skarsgård, James Spader, uh, Robert California from The Office, and uh, Samuel L. Jackson. 75% of critics liked it on Rotten Tomatoes, giving it an average score of 6.73 out of 10. 83% of the audience liked it, giving it an average score of 4 out of 5. The budget was $330 million. Jesus. It made $191 million its opening weekend. Its domestic gross total was $459 million, and it made $1.4 billion Jesus. worldwide. Uh, so speaking about money, it's the second most expensive film ever made. Yeah. Ever. Okay. Behind, no, in the MCU behind, or ever? no, ever behind, ever Pirates of the Caribbean four, <laughs> which costs was both both suck four hundred and ten million dollars to make that Jeez. movie. Holy crap! Yeah, I won't say that's oh, two. That's two Winter Soldiers. Can like, I bring up that this movie was not even in the top three of like box offices that year, two thousand fifteen? Really, Jason, oh, you're looking at me. Yeah. Bad. Oh yeah, yeah, like, Force Awakens that year, right? Force Awakens, right? Ready for it? Was that the same? Jurassic year? World, the first one. Oh, wow. Furious 7. <laughs> yeah. Oh, come on. This was number four that year in 2015 as far as box office. They were expecting this to be like, hey, no, no it, it wasn't. Jurassic World, Force Awakens, and uh, Furious 7. I think all Furious 7 had a lot down. to do with uh, Paul Walker. Yeah, that was all, around that time. True, yeah. That was around time. But, but, but yeah, it wasn't even in the top three. But I don't. Day. I don't even think it would have gotten top four. If I mean, I think people went into this thing. Hey, Avengers was great, and so they're like, they probably came in droves saying, "I'm going to see this opening weekend." But you know, I don't think it got the same magic as the Avengers because then I think part of the reason Avengers did so well is people after they saw it, like, I'm going to see this again. Well, they it was back. revolutionary. You yeah. put all those yeah. together. Yeah, as you but at the same yeah. time, I'd be like, after you watch the film, I'm like I'll pay another ten bucks to go see this film. Yeah. and I think Ultron. You kind of like eh. you were done after the first yeah, watch. Like, okay. You don't want to go back. Yeah. No, I think just Ultron killed it. If they would have fleshed him out a little bit better, everything else would have been cool. How how long is this movie? I didn't write that down, but like as long as this movie is, I think Ultron, like you said, could have been better fleshed out. And also, it's just like there's too many side stories. That's what it is. Not it's, every <laughs> character needs a fucking arc. Exactly. Yeah, there's you're too many right. Side stories going on. I'm just every like, character mm. has an arc in this movie. Like, yeah. just to answer your question, the runtime is two hours and twenty two minutes. Okay, so it is long. Easy, easy <laughs> yeah. to flesh that character out. We already know our characters. They already his had quip, their individual his movies. Were just annoying to me, or they didn't stick. It doesn't work with the character. Yeah. Like whether or not you know Ultron for the comics or not, 
it, it's just so out of character and it's just like Iron Man already makes all these jokes Ultron makes more jokes than he does damage in this movie honestly yeah. and then he just doesn't look real sometimes like the face and the yeah. moving mouth I would have just preferred like a like a T-1000 type character it kind of <laughs> reminded me of like a what's the dude's name from a uh Episode three. Oh, uh, what's his name? Uh, was it General uh, Grievous? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh. What are you talking about? The oh, guy that has General like four Grievous. lightsabers oh, yeah, and like a robot. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Sorry, I'm sorry, all Star Wars fans that are listening to this. I love <laughs> um, yeah, just everybody has to have an arc. They're setting so much stuff up for for Phase Three. Like they're setting up Civil War. They're setting up Thor Ragnarok. They're setting up Ant Man. They're setting up whatever the hell else they got to set up. Just. <laughs> It's just like, I feel like everything in this yeah, movie is Infinity there to, War, that, yeah, right, they yeah. set it up Infinity War. Like, I get it. You have to introduce. It's, they took a step out of Justice League and introduced three characters. Yes. Actually, no, four. Yes. If you want to do the math, you probably introduce four yeah. characters. Scarlet Witch. Yeah, Scarlet uh, Witch, Vision. Quicksilver, who never should have died. Right. Yeah, um, he should have died. Vision. Waste of a character. He should have died in Civil War. Like I was excited was, seeing him cast. Yeah. As, oh, yeah. Yeah, I was like, oh, yeah, kick ass. Yeah. Yeah. I'm on board. He should have stayed alive in this movie, and he should have been one of the casualties of the explosion in Civil War. Yeah. That would have that would have hurt a lot more mm-hmm. if like one of them died in that movie. And I was gonna say, do you think them killing him off had anything to do with X Men being released around the same time and also introducing their Quicksilver? Nah. Otherwise, wh- just too, like, or why like, bring him like, in? Yeah. Yeah. Right. I think you also have to show that there's like real things at play here and like. If everyone always lives all the time, then it doesn't do much for the story, I think. And I think his death doesn't stick with you in this movie. Oh, I yeah. mean, I felt it, but... Oh, you did? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. And I, like I, I said... Know, I feel like there was such hype for it, because at the end credit scene in one of the movies, like, it was like, oh, oh Winter yeah, Soldier. Introducing mutants and all that stuff, where right. they call them, what, gifted uh, or... Uh, enhanced. Enhanced. Or something like that, yeah, yeah, yeah. One of my biggest trashes with this movie is... <laughs> know what it is. You know what it is yeah, already? Go ahead. All right. Hawkeye. This movie ruined Hawkeye. I mean, the Hawk family? He doesn't yeah. do much. Yeah, Hawk family. He's a family man. It's, soft- it's just yeah, like, it softened him up. It's like, I don't care that Hawkeye has a family. I don't care that he has a hidden life and he has like a wife and kids and a baby on the way. I don't care about any of that stuff. Not necessarily to say that I dislike it, but I'm like, I don't care that he has it. I think that's a good thing for one of these characters to actually have a family. I think that's a great concept. My biggest problem with Hawkeye is that they turned him into Agent Coulson the everyman type character. Yeah. They turned him into a civilian. I'm just like, are you fucking kidding me? Like in the last movie, he almost took down an entire helicarrier <laughs> right. with two arrows. With two arrows, he almost destroyed an entire helicarrier. Like he shot an arrow that blew up a turbine and caused them to start crashing. And then he shot another arrow that fucking went through a window and landed in a computer. Like, I can't even get a USB stick in the first time. <laughs> and like, he's, he's flying through turbulent winds right. and he fucking hits an arrow in a USB drive. I'm like, Hawkeye's a badass. And he yeah. goes toe-to-toe with Black Widow. He yeah. goes toe-to-toe with her. And he he's doing just fine against the Chitar. He's jumping off of buildings, shooting like arrows without looking, mm-hmm. all this other stuff. And I'm like... And he holds his own against Black Panther. And yeah. I guess, yeah, yeah he War. fights Black Panther and yeah. does pretty damn good. Well, that was the Russos. Was the That's the Russos War, yeah, that wrote yeah, yeah. it. Who yeah. Scarlet Witch isn't able to manipulate too. Yeah. 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 yeah, and and I'm just like, why is he now a normal guy? Because yeah. I and think there there's a lot of memes. He was on like Jimmy Kimmel singing the song about how he's just like a normal guy. I was like, bro, you're not a normal dude. You're an assassin just like Black Widow. Right. Why is Hawkeye a normal guy all of a sudden? Like yeah. he can have a family, a life, and kids, and all that other shit. But it's just like why 
why is he now the weakest Avenger? He was pretty badass in that first movie. Even they his speech like, when he's trying to get Scarlet Witch psyched up, when he was like the whole, I'm going to oh, go right. out there and shoot things that I don't right. understand. It's it. my ah. job. Yeah. Yeah, and they even doubled down on it because it's not like they just introduced his his family and his home life or whatever. They also have a conversation, you know, he and his wife to say, like, you're not one of them. You're you're different than them. They're super natural. You are a man. So they like double down on it. And that's the thing. Like Joss Whedon was like, oh, I wanted to give Hawkeye more to do. So you have him get injured in the very first battle <laughs> and you take him out of the fucking fight right off the bat yeah. and you make him a normal guy. That's how you make him more interesting. Hawkeye is a badass. Like, he's always been a badass. He can still be, like, the quirky whatever type guy who talks a lot of shit all the time. But it's just, like, you're you're knocking him down too many pegs. And I think yeah. you ruin the character by doing that. He can still be Black Widow-level badass. Why yeah. is he now the normal guy? He was never normal or super weak or the weakest Avenger until this movie. That's what right. I'm really looking for in game. Like, they really need to give him, like, a dope-ass three-minute fight scene. I'm like, okay. Like, to himself. give him a mohawk. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I guess. I guess that's cool now. All the kids yeah. are. Yeah. <laughs> I guess we'll get into this in phase three when they yeah. do Civil War, but there's like one scene in fucking Civil War that I can't stand that he does. Oh, yeah? Where he like spins the arrow around his head like the most unnecessary. Oh, yeah. <laughs> And then he like shoots it to like, I guess, hold vision back. I'm just like, what the fuck was that, bro? Like, <laughs> yeah, just, that was that was unnecessary, but we'll get into that in phase three. Mm-hmm. We'll wrap Age of Ultron up quickly, but um, Captain Marvel was supposed to be in this movie. Oh, yeah. I read that oh, wow. too. Yeah. yeah, at the end where they kind of show the new team. I I also heard Spider Man too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Both of them. Mm-hmm. And There's then, some timing issues or something. Or contracts and all that. Yeah. And I felt like they eventually like they couldn't get him in, so he wrote whatever it was that happened. They actually said, "Hey, we got the rights to all this." And he's like, "Well, I've already finished my movie." Like it was kind of like, "Well, well I'm well, glad the you. movie's already fucking crowded." Like, yeah, yeah. It, like, it is crowded. There's it's a lot crowded. crowded. It would have been two more unnecessary side arcs that we don't need to even have. Like, it would even been, Josh. Joss Whedon said that he was so exhausted after directing this film because of how many different characters are in play. Uh, The article I read, he was comparing it to X-Men and he's like, you know, X-Men are different. They all kind of share the same struggle. They all wear matching suits. Like they're a team versus the Avengers, which are a team made up of all of these different people that have different things going on. Mm -hmm. And he said he was so exhausted that that's why he didn't end up uh, directing Infinity War. I don't want to be a hater, but I'm glad he took a break. Yeah. Yeah, me too. I I, I, I don't even know if they was offered him. I think after the Russo brothers. He gone. Yeah. But um, they didn't put Captain Marvel in because like they didn't cast anybody for the role yet. And it just wouldn't make sense considering the audience would have no idea who the hell this person is. But they did get the rights to these guys. Yeah. They already had the rights to Captain Marvel. And Spider-Man? No, not Spider-Man. So that the reason Captain Marvel didn't make it in is like it just wouldn't make sense. You don't have an actress... Nobody knows who the fuck this person is. And for them to show up in five seconds at the last five seconds of the movie makes no sense. With Spider-Man, they were in talks to bring Spider-Man over from Sony as early as the production of this movie. But because the rights weren't secured yet, they had to pull it out at the last minute. But I think you're right, Bling. Too too much shit going on. Like, way too much stuff going on in this movie. We didn't even talk about, like, the whole Hulk and Nat thing and then the Black Widow thing. Forced love story. We'll say say that for now. Yeah, when we we review this movie, we'll get into it. Can I say one more thing real quick? Yeah, go ahead, man. Just to piggyback off the X-Men thing. Fun fact? Yeah, another fun fact for you guys. (laughs) That's what I'm here for. Um, There's an interview with Hugh Jackman a little after this movie came out. And this is when we all kind of know that he wasn't going to be Wolverine anymore. And I guess he said he would continue to be Wolverine if there was some kind of deal where he could be in the Avengers or in an Avengers movie. 
Yeah, so like he was trying to like Civil War, like maybe you guys can put me in here. Um, I don't blame him. That would have been amazing. Oh my god! Yeah, because yeah. the X Men franchise was turned into a dumpster fire. I don't, I don't yeah. blame him. Was that yeah. around the time we got Apocalypse? That was, was I think that was after Apocalypse. Okay, yeah, I that think. was trash. Yeah. 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 yeah, was it? No, no, no. It was after Days of Future Past. My bad. Days of Future Past was 2014. That was good though. Yeah. No, no, no. I guess uh, Apocalypse was was turned into hot garbage. Yeah. Yeah. Apocalypse, and then I don't know what the fuck's going on with them. Who knows? So our last movie is Ant Man. Uh, so Ant Man came out July 17th, 2015. Directed by Peyton Reed. Stars Paul Rudd, Evangeline Lilly, Corey Stoll, Bobby Cannavale, Michael Pena, T.I., Anthony Mackie, Wood Harris, Judy Greer, David uh, Dasmalchin. I don't know how to say your name. I'm so sorry, David. Uh, and Michael Douglas. 82% of critics liked it on Rotten Tomatoes, giving it an average score of 6.85 out of 10. 86% of the audience liked it, giving it a 4 out of 5 average. Uh, the budget was $130 million. It made $57 million. It's open a weekend. Its domestic gross was $180 million, and it made $518 million worldwide. Thoughts on Ant-Man? So Paul Rudd went to go tell his son that he was going to be the star of Ant-Man, and his son said, wow. Can't wait to see how stupid this will be. <laughs> but I like it. I like I love it. Okay. I love that, I'm, man. Yeah. I'm going to have to excuse myself from this conversation. I did not see Ant-Man. That's the one movie oh. in Phase 2 that I didn't see. So now I'm, we're all I'm, looking I'm, at you. Pulling a mugga, yeah. pulling a mugga. I love Paul Rudd. He's great. Paul Rudd's physique, though. Hey. Hey. hey he, got, he got ripped, man. Yeah, he, he got, got in shape. He got in shape. <laughs> he trained with a, a gymnast coach, and the suit had to be altered after they measured him the first time because he got in such great shape for this movie. Mm-hmm. So Damn. He's not Brian Fantana anymore. embraced the sex. I will tell you, though, Michael Pena was like the best thing of this movie, though. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. I like Michael Pena. Uh, yeah. This movie is just flat out funny. Like a buddy comedy. Like, I don't even yeah, know. Like, it, it, you... it is almost like a buddy comedy. We got humor with Guardians, but I think this one here kind of takes it in a different like direction where it's kind of like. There's a lot of humor, humor in this, though. Yeah. No, yeah. Just when he picks them up, he's like, oh, yeah. yeah. Like, my wife left me. Like, all, all this shit is going on. I was like, but I got the van. <laughs> I think. It's not, it's not crazy space humor. It's like real world, like they just got out of jail yeah. humor. It's more sort of yeah. Yeah. type stuff. I think this movie. I mean, I know now the Ant-Man franchise is marketed more towards kids and families, Mm -hmm. but like, I think when I was reviewing these like a year ago, I think this movie had the most cursing in it when I watched it. Really? Really? Yeah, I think this movie had the most, and I could be wrong, maybe Iron Man 3 or another movie has, Mm -hmm. but I think this movie had the most cursing and it had the most like adult humor. What's it rated? Is it R? It's PG-13. But like this movie, when you watch it, it feels like a, like a Judd Apatow movie. Yeah, that's yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, there you go. Yes. Yes. When we get to phase three, we'll talk about Ant-Man and the Wasp, but I feel like I wish they would have kept that vibe, like that, that knocked up, forgetting Sarah Marshall, Anchorman type vibe. Because I kind of felt they lose a little bit of that in Ant-Man and Wasp. They had a lot of it in this and it did feel like Judd Apatow-ish, but like in the next one, you you lose a lot of that, I feel like. The humor is not as... Frequent. I don't know. Something about it's different, but I like this one a lot. Because they sidelined Paul Rudd. They sidelined him and made uh, the Wasp like more of the center figure. And I, just, I feel like they should have been both in the spotlight if they had to compromise, but I don't know. Yeah, we'll talk about that when we get to phase three. But yeah, it's um, like Mike Douglas's Hank Pym. I think it's amazing. This is the movie where the de-aging is like oh, yeah, yeah. great. Because when you see Michael Douglas show up in S.H.I.E.L.D., shout out, they brought, I love that they show the Triskelion being built. Mm-hmm. That was in 1989, I think, or yeah, something like that. Yeah. So I love that they they had that in there. You brought back Howard Stark. You brought back um, Agent Carter. 
Yeah. You brought back, you know, all these people. I don't know who the fuck that other dude was. Oh, I'm Hydra at the last second. Like, yeah. no, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's the trash of this movie. But yeah. <laughs> I like seeing that flashback and seeing the de-aging on, on Michael Douglas. Yeah. I like when movies start off with like a prologue that takes place in the past. And I feel like it fleshes out the universe a lot more. Mm-hmm. Like, I wish more of the Marvel movies did that. And, and, and I like this film because I feel like it's self-contained. It's not like all the other Marvel films where it's kind of, it has to lead in to the next film. This one here, it's like, it's good in its own kind of small world. Yeah, it's on yeah. Yeah. yeah, He does visit the Avengers facility. He does run into, you know, Falcon. He, he, he is, it's alluded to that he wants to be recruited at the end, but at the same time, it's kind of still dealing just in that own small world with, you know, dealing with the, uh, what was it, Black? Yellow Jacket. Yellow Jacket, yeah. yes. I almost forgot about that fucking fight. That, that's a trash, yeah. no, not trash, but a treasure. Yellow Jacket. Okay, I, I, yeah, I, I think I read somewhere that Corey Stoll didn't enjoy his time in this <laughs> with this movie. I think I read that a while back, but I could be wrong. I feel like, God, we got to review all these movies because there's so much to talk about. But I feel like Yellow Jacket is another case of a villain that needed more time spent on him. Yeah, like he's, he, he was a very paper thin villain. Yeah, I'm angry because I'm because you won't be my mentor. I feel like the themes of this movie are very centered on um, you rejected father, me father child <laughs> relationships. Angry, yeah. yeah, it's and I'm it's angry. Yeah, it's father child relationships, and I feel like his whole antagonistic nature towards Hank Pym comes from their relationship and I'm like can we explore that can we get a flashback can we talk about why he's so mad and not just going small makes you insane first of all he ain't never been small before without a suit so how why the fuck are the pin particles affecting him yeah you know what I'm saying like yeah. he's never been small yeah so why is he crazy yeah like why is he murderous yeah. yeah just like show show me something to make him do the hostile takeover show me something to make him willing to kill people show me something Show the desperation, maybe because he's doing business with Hydra. Which doesn't even make sense. Which doesn't make sense in a post-Age of Ultron world. Show me something that makes his seeking of the pin particle technology so desperate that he has to go to these means. And they don't do any of that in this movie. And I feel like Yellow Jacket had the potential to be a really great character and they fucked it up. One thing I will say before I hand it off to you guys is like, I wish Yellow Jacket lived... And no, I wish he yeah, lived. I wish he lived. And too. I wish, I wish in the next movie he was a good guy. I wish they would have bumped Hydra and he's like, oh, thank God, dude. I don't have to work for fucking Hydra anymore. Yeah. Here's your company back. By the way, I'm an ally. Just yeah. do that. Yeah. Pull a Loki. Yeah. He was bad. Now he's your friend. And he, that would have been tight to have two small guys in a civil war. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Well, yeah. that's probably, well, yeah, but I wonder if they wanted to do that just not to step on the heels of the Wasp and have too many sort of smart characters maybe they didn't know what to do with. I don't know. True. Or, like, he could just be a supporting character no, in the I mean, next like, movie. I definitely agree. Yeah. Like, you know, that's way more use of a character that's way more, like, value over what you've already established. Sort of on the heels of that, I read a fact today uh, and when I found out we were going to do this that uh, Phase 2 is the only one that's killed all the main villains. Yeah, I read that too. Really? Yeah. I read no, that too. I didn't too. even think about that. I also read that Phase 2, in every film, Here we someone go. loses Here a, we go. an yeah. arm or a hand. <laughs> uh, you read the same article, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right, so let's let's go through. So Iron Man 3, what happens? But what, what, before we do that, ahead, why man. are they losing an arm or a hand? A Tell tribute us. to Star Wars, right? TJ coming in with the assist. Hell yeah. 
I don't know which which episode. Empire Strikes Back. All right, but so why though? Iron Man three. No, because it's the second phase. It's the second part, and in part two, essentially of the Star Wars the like, OG like trilogy, mad. the original trilogy. It's an homage what do you mean? But why though? Because they're all owned by Disney, they bro. Not, well, it started out. It started out unintentional, and then I think after the second one. They kind of decided like, oh, okay, let's uh, make like this a running a thing. gag, maybe yeah. like a running gag. Yeah, let's make it okay. a thing and cut off an arm every. I'm every cool time. with that. We even included that in their TV shows that were filming during Phase Two, uh, Agents of Shield yeah. and uh, Daredevil as well. Oh, nice. really? Someone lost an arm and a leg in those ones too. Mm-hmm. I can, I have them here if you want to go through them. <laughs> oh, you do? Yeah. All right, go but ahead. You have all uh, the examples. Yeah, Iron Man Three. Tony Stark cuts off Alder Killian's forearm using the Silver Centurion's blade. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thor Dark World, Loki cuts off Thor's hand in an illusion to trick uh, Malekith. Malekith himself later has his arm removed by Eric Selvig's teleporters. Captain America Winter Soldier, Bucky Barnes has his forearm removed from his body in an accident where he fell from the Schneslug EB-912, uh, which is then completely removed by Hydra. Guardians, Gamora cuts both of Groot's arms off uh, on Xander. Later, Nebula cuts uh, her own bionic hand off to flee from the Battle of Xandar. Avengers, Age of Ultron. Ultron cuts off Ulysses Klaus's arm in a fit of rage after he compares him to Tony Stark. Ant-Man, Darren Cross's right arm, is the first part of himself to shrink before he implodes. And then uh, for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., I'm, not, I'm honestly not, I don't watch that one. In Daredevil, I did watch, though. Uh, for anyone who else who does watch it, Stick cuts off his hand. So I people to, are losing arms in, 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 this, right. in Phase 2. Okay, yeah. I didn't watch Daredevil, but I, I get it. Yeah, it seems you like it's a Daredevil? running... What? Didn't watch Daredevil. Now I'm looking at you, crazy. <laughs> uh, I mean, does it matter now? I watched like two seasons. Yeah, yeah. R.I.P. Daredevil. Um, did you have something about Edgar Wright? Oh yeah, he was attached, huh? Yeah. No, I didn't have that. Damn. Yeah. So it yeah. No, I, I did. He was he was literally like attached to this film. I think since 2006. Wow. And literally was like writing the script, all that. But Kerwin, you know more about it. something with the studio and all that. When they got to where this movie actually came out in 2015, but they started what 2013? Uh, I think so. So I think I think that year that's when he kind of officially dropped out of the project right. over like differences. I guess what happened was is because now that they had this whole established universe and they had to set up a lot of things in the future, I'm just gonna assume this is just from what I know. Yeah. Um. I I didn't do like detailed research on this, but I would assume which was the case with other directors that worked on Marvel stuff or could have worked on Marvel stuff. The studio gets involved. Yeah, the studio gets involved. They're kind of director for hire as opposed to creating something, and they're no longer creating something that they're wholly invested in because it's not their work. Because this guy was, like, on board. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, he, like, literally worked on the the script, everything, since 2006. And, like, when it came down to, like, hey, I mean, I don't shit or get off the pot kind of thing, I, I think he was more, like, they were like, no, it's not the same vision. And I guess yeah. people have said it's a shame because this guy's vision would have been like great on how yeah, this movie could have Especially gone. off the back of Scott Pilgrim and all that stuff. Yeah. But yeah, I feel like it was like the style that in which he shoots, it wouldn't have been like the same aesthetic as all the other right. Marvel movies. And that's a criticism that the Marvel movies get is that they look the same. And I got to agree with that. Like a lot of the Marvel movies, starting with probably First Avenger, mm-hmm. maybe not so much Avengers, but First Avenger onward in Phase Two, they look 
similar. They're shot yes. similarly. The colors are kind of flat. Don't the, you think that kind of helps the continuity of keeping it in the same no, universe? The universe, I, universe I, right? I, yeah. I think so. I think so. But it's I mean, just like, like Chris and Chris, like I can definitely see as an artist why that would be. You know, or you're not really having doing things you could creative things you could be doing or limiting. Yeah. Like, then again, to play sort of devil's advocate, that does make it all feel like same family, same house. Yeah, well, and I, I, I think, kind of I, feel like Baby Driver off the back of Baby Driver. He could have easily fit into that. Well, I think, Pocket. but I think about like the way he portrays characters and the way shots are set up. When you look at like um, the Coronetto trilogy with like Shaun of oh, the Dead and all that. that, you have Scott Pilgrim, you have Baby Driver. And also, it's just like at that point, because he's obligated to do so many things to push the universe forward, he's not able to focus on his character anymore. Like a lot of the story stayed the same. He even got like a story writing credit, I think, at the end of the day on this movie because they did use a lot of his stuff before uh, Paul Rudd and Adam McKay rewrote a lot of stuff. But I don't blame him. It's just like, it's the same deal with uh, the dude that was going to direct Aquaman. We talked about how like he didn't like the idea of just coming in to direct something and then leave. Like He wanted to be wholly invested in part of the creative process, which is why he peaced out. Because he's just like, well, this movie's already here. Like I don't get to do anything. I just tell people what to do. And I think that's where Edgar Wright was. Like He kind of felt like this was taken away from him, and he was essentially just here to shoot stuff. And as an established director, you kind of feel like that's kind of kind of shitty, you know? Yeah. So especially considering he was the father of this whole project. Right. I feel like outside of Guardians, like they all kind of fall a little flat. But I think once we got Guardians, like it, I don't know, it felt more vibrant. It felt like a different exactly. kind of movie. Exactly. When we got Ragnarok, I'm like, man, Edgar, I could have totally like. Yeah. This also has to do with Perlmutter, again, the guy that got kicked out. I think he got kicked out or like Kevin Feige no longer had to answer to him. Mm-hmm. I think after the production of Ant-Man. I think once Civil War began production, that's when he no longer had to answer to that guy. And I think he might have had a lot to do with it. We talk about Patty Jenkins dropping out. We talk about Robert Downey Jr.'s contract with the money. We talk about how them not wanting to pay Samuel L. Jackson at one point. Uh, People returning for sequels. The composers not wanting to pay them to do multiple movies. I think that had a lot to do with who Kevin Feige had to answer to. And once Kevin Feige kind of had full control of Marvel Studios, I guess from a producer standpoint or whatever his role is, thank goodness he's in charge now. But like you saw them bring back composers. You saw them bring back actors. They stopped killing everybody in every movie. They start spending more time on the characters. The budgets are bigger so they can tell more diverse stories the women aren't told that they can't be main villains in movies anymore you know what i'm saying so i feel like a lot of things changed after that and i think unfortunately atman was like a casualty of whatever the structure was with their business at the time maybe i don't know i had sounds a cheese like, i had a cheeseburger like for breakfast but yeah when luis is telling his uh, stories amazing oh that is so there's a thing on the internet where before Endgame comes out they want his character to like recap <laughs> the entire like all this, a, the Marvel films just like in his style of course his comedic style so there was this guy and I, yeah <laughs> and he, he had these stones right and, <laughs> and they had different colors I had a dream and, about those stones so just a week ago yeah and Thor took a bath and he was telling everybody about these stones but nobody would listen but I was so. like Avo you can't do that <laughs> This guy, he threw his daughter off the ledge and she died. And then she was little in like this orange place. All right, so that wraps up phase two. So before we close it out, we got to do two things. One of which is rank these movies. Before we do that, can I get bring up one thing though? Yeah, go ahead. If you label phase two as its own franchise, right? Do you know where it would rank box office wise? Where? Fifth highest of all time. Oh, fifth? fifth? Really? Yeah, behind Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, James Bond, and of course, Star Wars. 
But fifth? It, so it'd be fifth, yeah. Just phase two. Oh, right. not just even phase phases. two, oh. if you put those six together. Oh, wow. Phase one would rank around 10th behind X-Men, but I was kind of surprised by that. Like, I mean, it kind of makes sense because it had all the hype from phase one, so everybody's yeah. going to see these movies. Yeah, like, yeah. It, it was higher than phase one, but yeah, it was. It would be I ranked. Mean, I, I can understand if you the put whole this together, universe. those six. Just those six. It made $5.27 billion. Well, think about it. Like, Harry Potter's only eight movies. Um, only eight movies? It's a lot. I mean, no, I'm <laughs> saying In today's landscape. Like, the, whole, yeah. the whole universe, obviously, is going to be it, like, it only has six. Only has six. Yeah. Damn. That's actually still pretty good. James Bond is in there. Well, James well, Bond has like, they have like 25 movies. Yeah, they have, like, yeah, yeah. James Bond has a lot of franchises. What about Lord of the Rings? How many movies yeah, are there? Uh, well, they've had the three that were the original, and then I think they, they did have Hobbit. two of the Hobbit, or is it three of the Hobbit? Three of the Hobbit, three of the Hobbit. Yeah. 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 But then also the books itself. I mean, yeah. yeah. Was it three of the Hobbit? I thought it was two. No, it was I mean, three. Star Wars is, you understand Obviously. why, yeah. yeah. Now, I think I read this article that was published before Phase 3 is completed and all that stuff, so we'll see how that all does. But yeah, isn't Phase 3 like completely done? Phase 3 is going to be done this year. With Endgame. It, it is done with Endgame. It's going to be so done. We'll with Endgame. Say, I, I'm so willing Spider-Man? to bet this beats it. Spider-Man's yeah. Phase Four. Spider-Man's Spider-Man Phase, phase Four. four. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, also, too, this phase continuously had two movies every year. It's also the only phase that every movie is from a different franchise. Phase one had two Iron Man movies. Phase three will have two Avenger movies. And this one is also the only phase not to end with an Avengers movie. Yeah. Oh. oh, yeah. And did we talk about Ant-Man so it was supposed to start off phase three? It was supposed to. Because, I mean, definitely takes a different tone once you go into Civil War. So, and then Josh Whedon, right? Joss. Sorry, Joss. Josh. 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 What am I saying? You're Josh. saying Josh. Josh. There's no S. Josh. Two S's. Just, just say Whedon. Josh. Okay, Mr. Whedon. <laughs> 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 um, he's the only guy to direct a movie in both phase one and phase two. Because they never had, like... Um, Jason, he's beating you in fun facts. Oh, I have fun facts for days. <laughs> Jason, step it up. Yeah, yeah. Um, phase two, though, also made Robert Downey Jr. the highest paid actor of all time. Because I think for Iron Man 3, he got $25 million for Avengers 50, making a combined that one year $75 million. Oh, yeah. we got to start acting. to be Robert Downey yeah. Jr. Yeah, yeah, we're in the wrong line of business. Yeah. And this is, like, like this you is his like, comeback he's, story. He's yeah. on set for, like, two yeah, days, and then everyone else is, like, he has his own fucking Utopia trailer and all that stuff, and it's like, he's like, oh, yeah, I, but I just have to wear, like, a half-body suit. And back, like, <laughs> I heard Mr. Whedon. <laughs> <laughs> He did not direct any other movies other than Age of Ultron, but he had like a hand on consulting every movie in Phase Two because he wanted them to all lead up to like, hey, here's where I'm going with this and all that stuff. Is that kind of true? Yes, it's kind of, and that's why you see the continuity. I think of everything, but oh yeah, I thought that was kind of a fun fact. No, I thought yeah. that was cool, and it makes yeah. sense. Like they really have a good grasp of how to keep a lot of this stuff in the right. same continuity story wise. Which is what DC could have done back in the day. <laughs> what they should have done. Yeah, but I'm glad like Marvel kind of has a firm grasp on that. Well, I think that's why they're so popular too. Is not only do the movies work as standalones, but to make them part of this larger universe and make it make sense is no easy feat. I'm sure. Being retrospective about this, I'm really appreciating like the evolving that Marvel's doing as an entity, as a movie com- producing company. Like what we have now compared to what we had, it just the, like I didn't realize so many sort of mistakes or things I didn't like that they had done in the previous phases, but that they're just constantly getting better at constantly. Like with this last Thor, it was so much more fun, so much more loose. But yeah, definitely props to Marvel again, constantly improving, constantly, like I said, evolving, growing, making 
making better decisions. Yeah, I feel like they were definitely developing and getting in their bag. I think phase three is like when they totally like figured out research stride. Yeah. 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 yeah, nailed it. Phase yeah, three is a good thing. Phase three is gonna be long. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> Let's move to the next phase of our conversation. So let's let's go ahead and uh, each give our ranking of the phase two movies. TJ, why don't you kick it off? Worst to first, maybe. Sure. Worst to first of sure. the phase two movies. Okay, so admittedly, I didn't see Ant Man, so I'm just gonna do the five that I saw. In fifth place is Age of Ultron. Not super great for me. Um, we talked a lot about it, but I also didn't think the villain was like super good either. Like it's something that we've seen over and over again, like artificial intelligence, like taking over and trying to destroy the world. Will Smith already fought that battle, right? And I was not. <laughs> <laughs> and you don't need to come back there. So I, so I gave yeah, that in fifth place. Um, Iron Man 3, overall, I just didn't think it was a really great movie. Uh, there were some great parts, but as a whole, I don't think it worked. Third place, Thor, Dark World. Second place, Guardians. And first place, Captain America, Winter Soldier. Mugga, what about you? I'm with TJ on this and the fact that I have to like exclude one of these movies, Guardians, which really sucks because I loved number two. I thought it was interesting. Okay. I enjoyed it. I didn't have my phone out, right, Jason? I was, I was invested. <laughs> yeah, you're invested. Um, so I, this might be my number one, but I had to exclude it, so I'm only going to rank it for the five. I did not like Iron Man 3, so I put that as number five. Thor Dark World, I I, I just, I've, I've tried to. like I, I Number four. Um, and then you get to Age of Ultron, Avengers. I thought that has three. I, I really liked I, Ant-Man. I love Paul Rudd. I think he's great, too. But, yeah, you can't not put Winter Soldier as number one. I, I have to put that as number one for me. But I'm wondering, if I do watch Guardians now with everything, do I put that above it? I don't know. Like I, I, It might be above it. it yeah, it might, yeah. Okay. yeah. So I, I, I'm curious. I Trust me, by, by our next podcast, right I will somehow have watched Guardians. Like, I have to watch this movie. I'm really excited to watch it. But yeah. but that's what I'm going to go with, yeah. Jason, what's your ranking? So coming in number six, I have Iron Man 3. Uh, number five, Age of Ultron. Number four, Thor 2. Uh, number three, Ant-Man. Guardians at number two. And then number one, again, Winter Soldier for me. Now, that's interesting. Can I ask why you put Thor above Ultron for you? Uh, those are two I was, I was going back and forth yeah. with. I feel like they're equal to me. I mean, I guess I'm comparing the Avengers to the other Avengers movies. Right. So that's just ranking really low for me. It's just that, like the Ultron was so overloaded. With yeah. That. Yeah. I mean, I think James Spader was a good choice, but they right. just didn't use him very well. Right. Thor 2 wasn't my favorite either. I mean, Thor, like yeah. you were talking about earlier, Ragnarok is like just blows the other Thors out of the water to right. me. But I, I, again, I was sitting here, I almost erased it and switched the two just because I, I was flipping back and forth. But I mean, both from a kind of equally just not, they don't live up to the other ones in the same series of those. So kind of fell out that way. That's okay. fair. This is my phase two ranking. Uh, it has to do with a lot of the movies having to be uh, kind of in the same middle of the road kind of space. I'm going to go Iron Man 3, Ultron, Thor, Ant-Man, Guardians, and Winter Soldier. So basically it's Winter Soldier number one. And then every other movie is like last place. But that's just it. If you're not first, you're last. Pretty much. Uh, think about this is actually the same as Jason's. You had yours, Iron Man, as six. Mm -hmm. Five is uh, Age of Ultron. Four is Thor. Mm -hmm. Three, I will say Guardians. Two, Ant-Man. Just because of the humor. I think that puts it above Galaxy for me. And then number one, Cap. No My Cap. cap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Justin, what about you? For me, I'll probably put Thor in, at the bottom, then Iron Man, even Ooh. though those two are kind of just like back and yeah. forth for me. 
Um, this one I actually really do have a lot of trouble on. I'm probably going to have to go Ant-Man and then Ultron. There were a lot of cool things I really did like in the Ultron. It's just, it was just too much of it. Like, I was so hyped when I saw that Hulkbuster armor for the first time oh, on the yeah. preview. I was, like, ready to, like, fucking piss my pants. I was so excited. But then by the time we got there, I was just so bored with the action. It yeah. was just, so you were pissed off. Yeah. <laughs> and then for me, I'll probably go Guardians and then Captain America is number one. All right. Bling, what about you? My sixth, and if I had a seventh choice, it'd be Thor: The Dark World. That that movie, that movie was terrible. How did you guys not rate this like six, six across the board? No, that movie, Tom Hiddleston. That movie was terrible. It. Okay, nah. that is that is the, hands down the worst MCU film. Okay, I don't so, know nah. if it's the worst. So, nah. I don't know if it's the worst. Nah. So I would go, I would go six Thor: The Dark World. I would do five Iron Man three, four. Four, I'm probably gonna go Ant Man. Uh, wow. Three would be uh, Ultron. I know Ultron. I, I kind of agree with what Justin had to point out. There's a lot of things that were wrong with Ultron, but yeah, the Hulkbuster fight scene, even the fight scene at the very the, the climatic Sokovia battle. I think that, and also introducing Vision, um, the big reveal he could hold. He, he was worthy, so he could. Too soon. I know that should have happened in the last Avengers. Yeah. Film. So, yeah. Um, so I mean, there's things wrong with it, but it's, it was an enjoyable film. Uh, two Guardians, of course, uh, and then obviously the Captain America's King. Winter Soldier. TJ, did you go one for Captain America? Mm-hmm. So we all went one, like yeah. across the yeah. board. Huh? It's yeah. the. It's, it's so interesting because I, I try, I'm trying to think like what about that movie makes it number one for not just us, but it's also ranked number one in a lot of other places yeah. too. Well, it's just, just very interesting. There's just no excess to it. There's like you were saying, every character so relevant, every scene so relevant. Yeah. There's a. It's a great movie. Yeah, <laughs> it's a good action, movie. The yeah. action is so fresh and badass. I mean, I mean, the there's actually a sense of danger. Like everyone, yeah. like there's anyone can get, anyone can get killed at that moment. Like yeah. when they killed Nick Fury, I was like, oh. right, yeah. <laughs> and then they killed Sitwell. Yeah, there's no limits. Him. Yeah, I mean, the effects of this movie is just lasting for like you know. For the entire MCU, like going further, even phase two and even phase three and even possibly into phase four. So, yeah, it wasn't like crazy CGI. It was just like practical. No, yeah, they I actually think that was a big limited thing. the yeah. CGI that they, they did on this movie. Everything they said, if they could build it, they built it. If they could do it, they did it. Like, yeah, Cap was doing they, it with his hands. He's yeah, just like, you know, going toe to toe with everybody. Who, who wants some? Okay. Like, they said because the lack of the CGI, that's why the film looked so good, too. It looked so real because they tried not to put as much in this one for whatever yeah. reason. But, well, then, yeah, it felt like an espionage film. It felt like a great one uh yeah. shield was so much more grounded so much more red tape and paper and politics than as opposed to the big fun shield where we saw with the air carrier before which again was fun and fit the movie but it was just a very different but it grounded it well it translated right. well russo's yeah, marcus and mcfeely yeah. it was well written like even like when they went to the apple store it's just like i don't know yeah. it just felt, <laughs> real. It just felt real like yeah. yeah so yeah definitely for sure before we close it out we got one more thing to do uh, if Tom Cruise <laughs> oh, no. was any one character from the entirety of Phase 2, who would he be? Who's ready? I am. All right. TJ, who I is I just he? want to get this over with. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to give uh, Tom Cruise a voice acting role. And he will be Groot. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Fuck. Like the one. Because I want to go Groot too. And they just totally stole my thunder, man. Just do it, man. I'm going Groot. All right. Jason, what about you? Could he be the Winter Soldier? No. Too old. Too old? Maybe. I don't know. 
Well, the Winter Soldier is like 100 years old. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah. I'm just going to go with that. Okay, cool. <laughs> okay, so the Winter Soldier, if he wasn't frozen in time. Okay. All right. Uh, I'm going to go with Malekith. I think in a better written yeah. movie, Tom Cruise would have been a great villain in Thor The Dark World. What about you, Dominic? Damn, what's, what's that in Captain America... Uh, Winter Soldier, the the ground team. Oh, Frank Grillo. Frank Grillo, his character was Crossbones. Crossbones. Yeah. There we go. Crossbones. Okay. Good villain. Nice, nice. Yeah. Justin, what about you? Uh, I forgot the name of uh, the villain in Iron Man three. Uh, oh, Aldris uh, Killian. Yeah, I could see him as Aldris Killian. Oh, okay. Because he was supposed to play Iron Man at one point. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, long hair and everything, sort of. Mission Impossible 2, yeah. Tom Cruise. Shirtless and red CGI. Oh, yeah. There you go. The physique. You can the show physique. it off. Yeah. Long hair, too. Yeah. 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 There you go. All right. Uh, Bling, how about you? I would have to say he would be the yellow jacket from uh, Ant Man. Oh. He I like doesn't that. even need the shrink. He's Reese. Oh. <laughs> oh. Good job, Bling. That's, Good one. That's cold. Good All right. One. Now we got to cut this episode short. <laughs> Before we get into my little Sally thing, oh, okay. Kerwin, you uh, totally took us out. It was a four to zero. No one else had fun. <laughs> Kerwin had four. We had none. Oh, you wow. had to redeem yeah. himself. So, but anyways, uh, yeah. Fuck you, Sally. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode of $20 Ticket. Follow us on Instagram at $20 Ticket and leave your ticket price about the movies we've reviewed. If you have any comments or suggestions, send them to $20ticket at gmail.com. That's 2-0, the numbers, $20ticket at gmail.com. Be sure to subscribe to us via Apple Podcasts, and thank you for listening.